From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 215, and today I'm joined by Audrey Cummings. Audrey's latest film is She Never Died, which is available on VOD. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down to watch Life Force. I'm Jeremy, and I have not seen this film. And I'm here with... Audrey Cummings. Uh, and you have also not seen this film. I saw a little bit of this film. Okay. I can explain how. That's okay. I'm, the, I'm, I'm a virgin, so it, the, the, the movie qualifies as long as one of us hasn't seen it. But if, you, if you've only seen part of it, that's allowed. No, I saw, like, the opening. Oh. Pshaw. <laughs> yes. So I've been, go what? ahead. No, what did you say? <laughs> I've been wanting to see this film for 10 years now. Uh, my friend in Vancouver, when I went to the Vancouver Film Festival like 10 years ago, bought this gigantic TV, brought me over to see this huge TV that took up like his entire wall and played the beginning of Life Force just to show me how great his TV was. And I was like, what the hell kind of movie is this? And I was so intrigued for the past 10 years and I just haven't had the time to, to wa- like finish watching it and watch the rest of it. I'm fascinated by this because I literally, until you had brought it up, had never heard of this movie. I don't know anything about it. I don't know who's in it. I don't know what it's about. I literally couldn't be going into this. And I, and I purposely went, you know what? I'm not going to look up anything. I'm going <laughs> to like close my eyes when I grab it on, on Tubi to watch because I just, it's so rare I can go into something like so clean. Uh, that said, without spoiling too much for me, okay. what, what made you intrigued to go, oh shit, I got to watch that. That has stuck with you for 10 years. Okay. So this movie, it's crazy. Great. So uh, Toby Hooper, who directed it. Okay. Was, uh, Poltergeist. Is it Toby or Tobe? I don't know. I, I say Toby, but I'm not really sure. And he also, well, he also did the original Chainsaw, right? Chainsaw yes. Massacre. Yeah. Yes, Chainsaw I know, Massacre. Oh, I know. I know who he is. <laughs> so he's coming off these big films, huge director. He gets given this film, which is, which, oh, and the writer, I can't remember his name right now, but he's coming off having written Alien. And so collectively, this was going to be this huge, big blockbuster summer movie. Okay. And it wasn't. <laughs> and it turned out he shot it in 70 millimeters film. Oh, man. Huge, colossal failure at the time of a film, but has since become this cult hit favorite. Okay. 
It ruined everybody's careers, <laughs> but now it's a cult favorite. So I've been dying to see it. <laughs> you know what? There's something, I don't know if you feel like this way as a director, but there's something really kind of reinforcing or like that makes you feel good about watching your heroes fail sometimes. It just lets you go, okay, we're all human. Like, and yeah. it's like, I don't have to be like, nobody's perfect that's in right. a way. Like we all have like, like Spielberg has 1941 and some <laughs> other, other movies where you're like, yeah, great. That's, I, I, I feel less lonely now. Amongst the great. So that's, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. For, I'm excited for that. Now my expectations are like wonderfully low at, <laughs> at the worst case scenario. I can enjoy this ironically if I need to. Yes. And Jared, what I remember hearing about this film was that they, I mean, it was like, you shot on 70 millimeter film. It went massively overboard. I think it was like, I don't know, like uh, over 120 days of shooting of some, I don't know what it was, but it was like crazy. Like think of our films. We get- Can you imagine 120 days of shooting? I know. I wouldn't know what to do. I know. What? How you could shoot like what do you shoot like a third of a page a day? Not how even. S- I always say, my house. I mean, I know that when you do stunts, everything takes like a million times longer. And so, big action movies, I get that those things take because you just you know you're maybe shooting a, a third of a page a day sometimes when you're doing just crazy stunt stuff to make sure people are safe and everything. But it's just like you just even then, I'm like, how. Get a second care. Like, how slow? <laughs> I know. It's shocking. I have no idea. But I know. So it takes place in outer space. And I remember hearing stories about, like, I think the actors were puking because they were trying to do all this fake gravity stuff. I don't know what they were doing, but apparently the actors were puking. So I'm excited to see, like, what does that look like? Like, what were they doing with them back in the 80s? Because they certainly weren't sending them into real anti-gravity chambers. <laughs> so. No the wire work that they're doing wire work of some sort and, um, and badly apparently badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and another thing i can tell you which i won't ruin it but they had a lot of trouble casting the female lead okay don't tell me anything. i don't know i literally know nothing about the cast and i'm yeah. gonna try to like close my eyes while i start it up <laughs> uh i'm super excited so okay so this is great you you you've wet my appetite without ruining anything now I, i'm i'm now i'm actually really pumped to see this um because it's like a title like life force you're like that's either a great title or a terrible title depending on like that's one of those ones that goes either way right yeah well uh, so apparently it's an adaptation of a novel that was written at the time called space vampires oh the- fuck yeah well, that kind of ruined stuff. That gave me more spoilers than anything else you said. Sorry. <laughs> but also, I, vampires in space, I'm in. <laughs> well, they're not typical vampires. Well, I, I, would, I would hope not. Yeah. I would hope something about space, given <laughs> that there's always kind of sun, but not. Yeah, how does that work? Anyway, the movie oh will explain God. it all. I can't wait to catch up with you after this movie. Yeah, I, I have so many questions already. All right, so let's just, let's dive in and we'll okay. be right back. Okay. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, 
So we just finished, and oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I. I don't even know how to put, express what I just saw. <laughs> we, it was, I mean, first of all, had I have like accidentally looked at the cast list, it wouldn't have mattered. I had no idea. With the exception of Patrick Stewart, none of those <laughs> are actors. I have any idea who, I don't think I've seen them since or before. <laughs> uh, just Patrick Stewart, who, to kudos to Patrick Stewart for the part he had, that man, he went all the way. He did not hold that. I heard that that was his first on-screen kiss ever. Oh, and it happened okay. to be with Steve Rails back. Rails back? Yeah. So Steve Rails back played Helter. He played um, Manson, Charles Manson in Helter Skelter. Okay. Um, but anyways, that was his first on-screen kiss with Steve Rails back. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So life force. <laughs> So what, I mean, you can totally see, you said it was the same writer as Alien? Yeah. Yeah, and you can see how this is, and this is after Alien, right? After Alien, yep. Which, and if you just look at, like, the visuals in those two movies, this movie feels a decade earlier. It's crazy. I know. Like, I know, I thought that too. I couldn't help but think this feels like it took a step back. Yeah. In terms of what it was achieving stylistically. Just, stylistically and just effects and everything. It just feel it just feels lesser budget. But it also it's just like but even the setup is like, oh, this is alien with just tits. <laughs> but just but just for the first act, right? Like that that yeah. poor actress is walking around naked for about ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then less so as it goes along. But Matilda May. If you ask anybody about Life Force, all they will talk about is that girl, Matilda May. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I think what I read was that they had to glue her, like, her feet pad to her feet so they'd stay on. Like, the whatever was protecting her feet from the floor. And oh, also, really? she had to learn her lines phonetically because she couldn't speak English. <laughs> well, no English. So, like... Nobody, they had a real difficulty casting that role because. Because so, what actress wants to walk around naked for half an hour straight? I know. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I get that. And I'm talking like full frontal nudity, not even just the upper nudity, the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Frontal. Just walking around like a robot. And I mean, I mean, to her credit, I mean, woman's built, you know. Beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that's what you're going for, whatever effort you put into finding her, good job that person. You nailed yes. it. You yeah. you created, you know, fantasies for certain 12-year-old boys for a long Forever. time. For a long <laughs> yeah. You and also an unrealistic bar to set for your fantasy elements. Going into your your prime adulthood, I I feel I'm sure there are a lot of men, uh, nerds that were like, never never became undisappointed moving forward in their sexual careers. <laughs> yes. But also that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but I think like, I think okay. So by the way, I looked it up, and it is Toby Hooper. Okay. Uh, so it is Toby. 
I think Toby, because if you think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which put him on the map, that yeah. was like he totally upended traditional genre, right? With that movie, like people were like, "Oh my god, what am I watching? <laughs> this is crazy." I think because he got success from sort of doing it from that, I think he probably felt that that life force was on par with that kind of upending, you know, I think he thought because commer- because nudity in commercial films at that time, nudity and, and that level of sexuality had, it had never really been seen before in, in commercial films. Right. So I think he was trying to do like he did with Texas chainsaw, which, which gave him such a, you know, a high career boost. I think he was trying to do the same thing with life force, something shocking, you know, Sure. Yeah, yeah. And you can see that. I mean, there here's the thing. On paper there you can see how this seems fascinating. You've got <laughs> yeah. You know, space aliens. Uh, I mean, some of the I mean, god, I have to just decompress. I mean, some of the stuff was really cool and unique, but some of it was also like, man, this alien life these alien life forms are super inefficient. Um <laughs> just like the way that like all of the the weird, creepy let's call them ghouls. I guess they're vampires. Like the the not because there's the three original vampires, but then there's all of like the ones that they create. Yeah, the that, army. The army, yeah, that have like a very low shelf life. Yeah, which is it feels like a really low bar. It's like wait two hours and your problem's kind of solved. Stay away from these three. <laughs> wait two hours. This is not a complicated group of people to beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking too how quickly the life force goes when you dream. Yeah. It's sustainable. They got two, like, like, two. They have like they got to hope someone's within hugging distance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, it's not sustainable. And trying to take over a planet, like I mean, you could take you could take it over in you know, based on their army. They could probably take it over in a few days, and then and then what? But then it's, then it's over. Then what do you? But then what did you do it for? Just for the sake of doing? It? It's not like they're coming in to deplete the resources. And do those like remind me the rules of this movie? Do though? Do the three original? We'll call them vampires for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, did they require energy from the other people? Like they needed energy to live off of, right? Yeah, they did too. Yeah. But less so, like they weren't going to shrivel up and die right away. It seemed like. Well, they could they could hop into different bodies too, but. The rules the of this form. movie were real confusing. <laughs> I know, you know, part of the problem with it. Okay, the reason it probably bombed is, a because nobody had seen nudity and sexuality in, in, in a commercial film before, and people were probably so shocked by it. There's no yeah. way that's why it bombed. That's a no. reason teenage boys sneak into the theater. <laughs> Although, to be fair, they're buying tickets for another movie so they can sneak into that one. Find well, out what movie Find out what movie opened on the same weekend as this. I bet I that movie didn't bomb. Oh, okay. 1985 summer blockbusters, Back to the Future. Okay, yep. Rambo. Yep. Steven Spielberg must have color purple. Okay. Yeah, this movie didn't have a fighting chance. Goonies came out in 1985. I don't know if that was Jesus. 
Uh-huh. Goonies, yeah, this movie didn't have a fighting fucking chance. <laughs> no, no. But also because of the script. And what I was going to say is because they went so over budget and all the stuff, you know, they must have like had to chop, cut scenes out. And then I'm sure, you know, once the director delivered his cut, stuff got chopped for time and so compressed, compressed, compressed. And suddenly you have this crazy disjointed film that doesn't really make sense story-wise. No, no. And like there was, and also just like, I, I was following along and then it's like, oh, they're on earth. When did they get to earth? Like I somehow I missed something where all of a sudden they were on earth. Cause then they kept to a park and I'm like, what the fuck they're on? Yeah, that's where I bet you uh, studio interference chopping came in. <laughs> chopping, then, but, then, but then it makes sense later because they get into all the backstory and they tell like he tells the story and then you get the real story after that. But for a second, I'm like, did I fall asleep and did I black out at one point and miss a huge part <laughs> of this? Okay, thank yeah, God. I dumb. thought I thought I like. For a second, my son came down, and I'm like, he distracted me for 10 seconds. There's no way I missed that amount of story in that 10 <laughs> seconds. And he was also just like, Dad, that's a lot of boobs. I'm like, sure, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> did he notice Matilda May while he was in there? He did. He's at that age where it's like he's fascinated by sexuality and completely terrified of it when it's real. Like, he's just constantly <laughs> talking about, like, his penis and dicks and all this stuff and then as soon as anything is real it's just like yeah he shrivels up it's it's, amazing. it's a perfect time uh you can't really handle it <laughs> but uh fascinating yeah what a what else and did i write on 70 millimeter film why let's talk what? about that what 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 a what a wonderful like that's when you know like what's the what's the catering on this movie look like if that's what they were shooting it on you know i know and like that was 2001 space odyssey i was thinking it was going to be like you know in that kind of but it wasn't and it didn't need to be shot on 70 millimeter film at all no no give give, give that film stock to goonies we're back to the future <laughs> not to yeah. life for us <laughs> oh yeah who read this script and went yeah it's got to be on 70 that must have just been Toby just was just like, he was, it was probably just like. It was him. Yeah. It was an ego thing. He's like, I want to shoot on 70 for reasons that are ridiculous. And I, well, I, I was I, earlier before, before we uh, started the interview, I was reading um, that he kept saying he wanted to do his seven, 70 millimeter hammer film. And you know, the hammer production company is what did, they did all the, all the original, like the, you know, the Draculas and um, Frankenstein and the mummy, like all the original British, you know, you know, movies made on 70 millimeters. And so I bet you he thought a vampire, this is going to be like, you know, super, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what he thought, but uh, certainly something you'll never forget this movie. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm looking through, through, through uh, the, uh, the trivia as well. I guess Toby Hoover nicknamed the 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 victims, as they called them, the space vampires, the walking shriveled. <laughs> the walking shriveled. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but even uh, shriveled. You know what? Okay. 
Did you find, okay, this is, I think, one of the failures of the film. Tonally, I was really messed up because I'm expecting horror. And there were moments where like, you know, when the guys like, you know, when they're about to take off on the helicopter and the zombie vampires sort of jump on and they're trying to get up into the helicopter. But it's like, it's very comedic light music playing instead. And it occurred to me, I'm like, these big moments of that should be horror are scored with light comedic music, which really messed me up tonally. Because I was like, I really don't know if this movie even knows what it's trying to be. Well, it's it almost... Yeah. Because it's all, it's like... Because, it, like, like I said, it's, it's funny because it feels like a parody on Aliens. On Alien, Right. With just the way, like they literally, retreat, it's the same thing as like an alien. They retrieve like an egg type thing, and they bring it onto the ship, and it takes yeah. over. So it's, like, it's literally the same thing. Only they bring this awesome giant bat creature. We're yeah. like, cool, I'm in. Like that's back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, of course you do, and of course this is going to end badly. Why would it not? Maybe just leave that fucking thing there. Uh, and 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 they that, that thing they go in. It's like it's Haley's comet they go into. And they go through yeah. that like that weird tunnel that looks like the inside of a, a vagina. vagina. Right. Okay. Thank God. I'm like, well, I'm a cis white male. So if I say <laughs> it's a vagina, I'm going to get in trouble. But you said it too. So we're good. We're good. And you know what's even weirder? As I was thinking, oh, it looks like a vagina. The guy <laughs> goes, the guy goes, this feels so familiar. And I'm That's, like, ah! the you remember same. going through the tunnel of your mother's vagina? <laughs> really? We Oh, that makes me so happy. We had the exact same experience watching that scene. It's like, like I'm like, is this a joke? Is this a joke? And also there was that moment earlier where they're like, how long is it? And then everyone popped out and kept on saying like, and I'm like, is this, are they making like a dick joke here too? Like it, or am I the only one getting it just because I'm perver- I'm a little perverted? Like what's going on here? There's a lot of dick and vagina stuff going on early on. And then boobs all over the place. I know. It's like a very feminine take on i don't know yeah yeah it's kind of like uh comic i don't know there's just comic book meets soft porn that's (laughs) fair (laughs) patrick stewart has said several times that toby hooper was his favorite director to work with god i need more information about that wow Maybe he was just very generous or just, I well, mean. Pa- he didn't have a huge role. No. Maybe he wasn't part of the, I don't know. I got to wonder what I, at, what, at what point he gave that quote, because that's, that can't be from like recent Patrick Stewart, who has worked with much better. <laughs> there's no, no offense, Toby Hooper, but there's no yeah. way that that's a recent quote. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and, and uh, one of the big things that I read that was, something on set was uh matilda may's pubic hair so it was like a big ordeal because they were showing full frontal and then i guess they were like well we can't leave all the all the bush (laughs) god forbid so then they were like let's shave it and then they shaved it and then they were like whoa this is way too revealing (laughs) of course it would be too revealing shocker and so then they were like, okay, she needs to grow it in, but like just like a small patch. And 
It needs to be perfectly manicured for the shoot. Like it was crazy that this poor girl had so much attention brought to her pubic area. <laughs> and I can't imagine they paid her well. Yeah, I know. I, right? I'm sure they couldn't have. She's a young teenager, 18-year-old girl who was going to get a lead role in what was going to be a huge summer blockbuster. And, you know. I got to look it up. I don't know how. What happened to her career afterwards? Good question. uh, I'm I'm looking it up. Uh, She got 60 credits. You know, she worked. Nothing uh, I really... Oh, she's in the Jackal. Nothing I really recognize, but you know, she got some work out there. That's good. Okay, so maybe she built a career off of it. <laughs> I mean, well, probably ooh. every young boy who saw the movie, who became a movie director, was. Oh, let's be fair. Every every like middle aged producer in L.A. also took a meeting with her that That's probably tough. didn't didn't go well or appropriately. From Aww. the, uh, you know, there's also, I can't imagine if that, that uh, she has stories. I'm just saying, I'm sure. I know. I wonder. I Ugh. tried to look it up to see if, if how she, I actually tried to research, like, how, is there anything out there on how she felt, felt about it? Or, but from what, I don't know, but from what I can see, like, they were doing closed sets because there was, on the first day, they realized there was way too many crew guys standing around. <laughs> so they like shut the sets, you know, for to give her privacy and stuff. But I mean, I there's not I haven't seen anything out there on how she felt about it all. Um, uh, I wonder if it was one of those periods that she just didn't ever want to talk about after and just kind of I don't like, know. But the one thing I did read was that between takes, she never put her clothes on. She was very free, like she it's not like between takes she would cover herself up. Like she apparently just stayed naked. As long as it's so. not cold, I guess, you know, you're good to go. <laughs> good for her. So good. I think she felt very free about her body. So maybe she had no, you know. You, you kind of have but, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the one thing I'm just looking at my notes, I jotted down while I was watching. Uh, I, I I love the bit where like that for the, the guard first woke up though like that was a great nice little scare yeah you know, I thought and, yeah. and just and and in general like the walking shriveled puppets like were pretty or however they're doing the animatronic puppet combination of them maybe like they were pretty well done for what it was I thought yeah yeah uh, I just thought when they the one guy when he sat up on the table. And he was begging for a hug. <laughs> the guy, I thought that felt a little, you know, over cheesy. The top, but there's uh, something I liked yeah. about, but there's something that was also weirdly vulnerable about, like the eyes and the puppet that you're like the eyes. Yeah, I could the see, eyes good. I could see you being drawn in and being like, I should help this dude. He was one of our people, and nobody knows <laughs> the rules at that point. Nobody knows that these things suck life force out of you. Yeah. Yeah, he had these very gentle, sad, expressive yeah. eyes. And the <laughs> fact that, you know, two seconds ago, they were about to perform an autopsy on this dude. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, the one, th- the, the getting into, like, the rules of them, 
the thing that killed me is like when they they when they randomly got the phone call from the dude who's like, I figured out how to do it all. It's like when like what if what where was your side adventure that they cut out of the movie? Like what you've been up to sounds way more interesting than what I've been watching. And then he's like, Yeah, you just have to stab them in the energy center, which it, is which two isn't inches, even the heart. No, two inches below the heart, I think something like that. The yeah. energy center. This is a thing they have. Two inches below the heart would be like your lungs. Yeah, he figured out how to kill one. The most interesting part of the movie up to that point, off screen. Off screen. <laughs> or, or as you were cleverly pointing it out earlier, not in the budget. Yeah, not in the budget. I bet you they lost a whole bunch of scenes. I mean, they had to shut it down at some point. Oh. And, and did, did this just destroy Toby Hooper's career after? Like, what did he do after this? Yeah, it was the last... Big budget film. I think he, from what I could tell, that he that he did. And what? the Cannon Group, which made the movie, I think kind of went belly up shortly after that too. Like not too long after that. Oh, right after the because this is eighty five. You said, yeah. Oh yeah, right after he went and did uh, Texas Chainsaw too. <laughs> oh okay. Which I mean, let's be fair. It's like that makes sense. It's like go back and do that because nobody else is hiring you. So it's like, go back to what you know, what made you famous and mm-hmm. try to let, and try to like, just like spin it back around. But it looks like, yeah, like he was in director jail for forever after that. He did one more movie in 1990, but it was all TV. And then just like random, like night terror, the mangler. Like people really liked him. Yeah. Well, there was also the story, like, I remember hearing, um, we did Poltergeist on the podcast as well, and, and when we talked, did that, we also did Texas Chainsaw, too, so it's like, this is my third oh, Toby Hooper. I, I think now I've done all probably the, 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 the bigger Toby Hooper movies, but uh, I think there was always this rumor floating around that Spielberg did yeah. more, more, kind of directed Poltergeist and let Toby Hooper put his name on it. Well, from what I from what I gathered, from what I've heard, because Spielberg, he's super hands on. Right. And I think he wrote the script. He he was producing it and he was on set all the time. And he's very excited and invested in the project. And I think he was one of those guys that sort of standing behind the monitor. You know, those guys are behind you at the monitor. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Kind of giving you feedback and trying to push their ideas and um and I think that's what ended up happening. But uh, I remember reading in an interview with somebody, I, I can't remember who it was, that actually worked on the film with them and was like, no, no. Yes, Stephen was a loud voice on set. And it was his first studio, Toby's first studio film. And so Stephen was very influential. But, you know, Toby, Toby was there in pre-production and prep. And, you know, his voice was all in there, too on set as well but so i think i know from what's from this interview i remember reading it was kind of like a you know heavy-handed heavy-handed producer yeah heavy-handed yeah, yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah. that's fair uh it's weird like this is a movie definitely i wish uh we would have been able to watch this together because i think watching this movie with somebody else makes this movie infinitely better 
like just yeah. watching it side by side with somebody and being like, what the fuck? You know, and just being able to yeah. revel in, in, in that there's a, there's a certain thing that the group experience takes off of the overall cheese. It's a nice factor. glass of wine. <laughs> although, although it helped, it helped knowing that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be able to like unpack this afterwards. Where if I if I was just sitting here watching this by myself, it'd be like I'd have to wake up in the morning and and not have this shared experience with anyone else in my house. <laughs> it was crazy experience this evening. It was um. What a yeah, movie. it was. What so? What are some of your favorite like genre horror like movies in this realm? Outside of this, obviously, what like what what what's your jam? Steven Spielberg is my, in the sci-fi realm, Steven Spielberg is everything to me. If I could somehow even be in his presence someday, I would feel so fulfilled. Watch him direct for one minute. Um, yeah, and you know, I grew up on the Spielberg films. They're like, you know, I love them. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, horror... Horror, same thing. Like I, I was very, I've always been very influenced by like the 1970s horror films, you know, the babysitter in peril movies, which is where I did my first feature Berkshire County kind of a throwback to those. So I, I love those, those kind of movies too. Um, what else? I mean, recently, you know, the James Wan films and conjuring and all, you know, non and all those kind of things um what else really scared me the descent scared the shit out of me the descent have you seen it uh all those titles blend together i feel like i have but well they have this little... we'll have to watch it together then it's on the time um it scared the crap out of me the descent is these girls who go spelunking underground and find a different race, a different species underground living in, living in these caverns. Oh, no, I don't think I have. Oh, my God. It's really good. Okay. I will add that to the, to the two-watch list. I'm into that. that. Cool. Yeah, it was really good. Nice. So were you one of those kids? Like, were you a big movie nerd as a kid? <laughs> Yeah, I was. I uh, I always wanted to. It's, I always knew I wanted to make movies, and I tried making movies, but I was terrible. You know, like I just didn't know back then. You just don't know what you don't know, and so you're just picking up cameras and shooting stuff, and you know, uh, it's not working out <laughs> very well. I just didn't know. I remember I like know. one of the, like a buddy of mine were both like just goofing around high school and stuff. And I remember when wherever he was directing, it was just like he would get like a shot of everything. And I think I just and my, and, I, and I don't know the earlier edit me was just like I don't think you need like when they put like the plate in the in the cupboard. I don't think you need a close up of that plate going in if it's not important to the story. I'm pretty sure we can, we can cross out the <laughs> shot list. Yeah, and and just slowly just like from and then then when you're editing so long, we don't need any of these shots. Like what the fuck? We wasted like hours getting stupid fucking footage. And just, lear- just, but like you said, just learning by, and that's why, like now, like when I teach people and students, it's just like, you know, and we had the shittiest equipment, right? There was like crappy, crappy 
eight millimeter DV cameras, right? This is oh, yeah, shit. yeah. We're now yeah. like, you know, the student I teach, I just like, I pull my, my iPhone. And I'm like, you guys have no idea the power you have in your pockets. Like totally. the tools you have, like you can literally just make a film on this thing with like, and if you have a couple hundred bucks to spare for like some like decent lens, like little, little iPhone lenses, yes. like you can make some pretty cool shit. And there's no reason you shouldn't just be out there shooting something every fucking day and making mistakes yeah. and just figuring some shit out. Oh yeah. Like when I, my first shorts, I mean, I was doing, I ended up my first like real short, they were all on 35 millimeter. I had to like work my ass off to save up, to buy the film, to shoot the film and then to develop the film. <laughs> like it was a process to get and, these films made. Yeah. And the, for, I made a couple of shorts on, on film too. Uh, and I, I don't know if you have felt, I remember the first time I just heard that film running through the camera and just watching actors act slowly. You just want to be like, <laughs> just shut the fuck up and say your line. You don't need to take the, that meaningful pause. That's like, it's like $20. That pause was $20. <laughs> yeah i remember actually getting mad at one of my friends because she bluffed her line i can't remember what exactly she did but i was like do you know how much that just cost because it's 35 millimeter film i know <laughs> I remember that but, but what a different ma- mindset where now i'm just like i'm such that person who will just let it roll and just and yeah. play and and you know just because i know wow. and, and that and it's more from that sake of just knowing that it's like once you cut the crew just moves in and starts to work right and you're like and if you can just keep on rolling everyone is focused and staying in it right but you couldn't do like we, you could never do that back in the days of 10 minute real rolls yeah, right you think the right. studio would fucking kill you on how much film you were burning yeah but you know that's all digital the stuff you can capture too when that you're not expecting you know when you keep rolling sometimes at the end of something when you don't yell cut and the actors aren't are kind of not sure what to do <laughs> for a minute and then they pull out something really cool you know that as yeah. you're trying to improvise for a quick second to fill in time till you yell cut you sometimes yeah. you end up with like some really gold, good golden nuggets there that's what i always tell students too i'm like don't call cut right away like give them a moment and see just see what happens it could be nothing but you could get some magic yeah yeah. yeah. And then sometimes I, you know, when you're, when you're editing and putting it together, you're just like, even though like, sometimes I'll be like, okay, one, two, three, and then cut. Like once I know it's dead, I'll, I'll count to three and yell cut. And even yeah. then in the edit suite, sometimes I'm like, why didn't I wait two more seconds? Cause it was such a perfect out. And you know, so it's like truly give it a lot. It's so much longer than you even think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, those little things. Oh, life force. Uh, I have, what do you have any of your favorite, like cheesy, bad horror movies that you just, you love despite being like, not, you know, you're not great and you don't care. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to, I don't have anything off the top of my head either. I was just curious if you had any go-to. I do. Uh, I do. I have one cheesy one. It's not scary though. It's, um, that's okay. I can't, (laughs) It's midnight. It's 12.15 a.m. here in PEI. Oh, God. My brain is shutting down. You're fried. That's okay. Oh. Uh, damn it. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Well, any, then with it's that in mind. Where, you know when they go to out, it's, it's a comedy. It's a sci-fi comedy. And they think 
they're on like the Star Trek Enterprise ship. Oh, Battleship or you know, Galact. Oh God, why is my brain? Uh, it's Sam Rockwell's in it, and Alan. Um, yeah, uh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. That's, that's it. not. That's, that's like, not a bad movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, but it's well. Yeah. Oh no, that's a great <laughs> shame on you. It's it's cheesy, but it's it. Here's the thing, that movie but knows. Ex- but that movie knows exactly what it is. Like yes, it's, exactly. it's three amigos at a at a Comic Con adventure, right? Yeah. And it, it knows it's cheesy and over the top. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, uh, I love that one too. I'm trying to think what else. What else is cheesy that I love? There's so much from my childhood. There's so many like made for TV Disney movies that I grew up with, like Bed Knobs and Broomsticks and that that kind of shit. I don't, uh, I don't see like, that one. Oh no! Oh, it's like when oh. Disney when Disney Plus came on, I just like scoured through. It was like, oh my god, all these like marginally okay. Uh, remember, like they used to have that Sunday night, like the Wonderful World of Disney. I don't know if you yeah, remember that. Like right. Sunday nights, it was like this thing, yeah. and it, and that's when they played all these old movies, like the Nomobile and like the Nutty Professor, and you okay. know when when the cat's yeah. away. And all those movies are on Disney Plus now, which is like super oh. fun to show the kids because the ones that stand up, you're like, that's surprisingly still, you know, watchable. And the ones that don't are so fantastically not stand y just in the sense that it's like there's a couple where, especially in terms of like how outdated they are, just in terms of cultural references. My kids are just shocked. They're like, this is the Disney on the Disney. How are they making these? Like this is kind of this is not even kind of racist, Dad. This movie's racist, uh, but and it's interesting. Some of the, like the little disclaimers Disney Plus will put on their movies. It's basically it's like <laughs> to boil it down. It's like different time, different place. <laughs> Understand cultural <laughs> timing. Um, it's crazy how yeah stuff is just that we when we grew up was so acceptable. You know everything, even this is massive smoke like. Everything is so different. There's so things different. in movies that were made like five years ago that you now watch and go, oof, did not like <laughs> that. You know, we finally got out of that where people were still making just bad, like even like we're, we're watching um, my family. I, I kind of, my wife only watched it for a season or two when it first aired, but now my kids are really into it. We're watching Modern Family, um, yeah. which only wrapped up, I guess, like last year we're around season seven and just like some of the earlier seasons in particular, like there's a lot of, you know, gay jokes that you're just like, oh, I don't know if this would fly now. It's just like, they're <laughs> like, they're really aiming low with these jokes. Like they're not punching up, they're punching down. You know what I mean? Right. And the same yeah. with like some of like the cultural jokes about glorious character and that kind of stuff. Like, it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, you're not like, that, that's a reference I get from a, a producer friend of mine, Leah Johnson's, who says it's like that idea of like punch when you're make, making fun of like, like somebody, you know, punch up and, and, and be, and have them be part of the joke as opposed to like mocking them in a, in a derogatory way. And I feel like especially early on in that show did that more on not to the stuff that it's like, you know, it's people like, and, and I say this with love. I love my dad, but it's like, that's a joke my dad would laugh at. Because yeah, he does, because yeah. he thinks it's just funny because he doesn't know anything about like people outside of like his culture, you know, right. and, and doesn't understand that it's like that's offensive to somebody in a way that's not okay. Yeah. 
anyway, hmm. so it's, it was interesting just watching, just seeing that too and going, oh, that's not that old. And it's still, there's some things in here that are like, oh, I don't know if that's, that joke plays anymore. Even in my own, yeah, going through just my own filmography, I'm just like, there's a couple of things in there. I'm like, oh, I would, I would pull that joke out now if I could like snippety snip and make that no longer exist. But, uh, but then you just, you know, realize it's a time capsule and a product of the zeitgeist that we were in. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Any, any what final, else any, any final thoughts on life force? Well, it's late for you, so we, we can wrap it up, <laughs> but any final thoughts on life force? I mean, it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's easily a movie I can't imagine I ever would have watched had you not brought it up. But I'm sort of glad that I have this cultural reference because I think it's one of those things if like if anyone drops a life force reference and you can volley it back to them, you're instantly friends. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was seeing I was trying to see like who, you know, did it get good reviews? Because I know that it was kind of when it came out, like it was cr- critically destroyed but when i was i was reading i wrote a quote down roger ebert called it underrated cinematic classic <laughs> ebert was real generous sometimes that that's yeah. a man I, what i love about ebert reviews was that i i believe he's one of those guys that went into every movie wanting to actually love it as opposed See, to i love that yeah, as opposed to like those the modern reviewers who just like are all about how clever their mean quotes can yeah, be. I know. Um, I had a reviewer. I had a film critic who, when my first feature came out, Berkshire County, and he just trashed it. And I so I contacted him. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, and uh, and I said. Ex- like what explain to me you know like what i'm not trying to confront you i just yeah. like why did you dislike it so much i'm like, trying to learn like, good for you yeah yeah and i said you know you, you guys don't understand what goes into making these movies it's disaster after disaster that keeps coming being thrown at you and you it's like you're trying to put out fire after fire and, you know this is the product you end up with after having gone through you know war in the trenches and you come out with something that, you know, is literally has your blood, sweat and tears all over it. Yeah. And, um, and then he said, you know, uh, admittedly, I just ne- don't necessarily love the genre. <laughs> then why the and fuck said, did you review said, why, it? Why review it then? Like truly why review it if you don't love the genre? Yeah. If you then are- you're going in already hating it, you know? That that drives me nuts when I see that, and I and I've had that too before, where it's just like, I've, I've had reviewers that have trashed stuff, and I look up just other reviews they've done, and I'm like, oh, you don't like any comedy? Like, what are you covering comedy for? Like, you were never gonna like this. Like, it's just one of those things. And I know Warren Sonoda has confronted like uh, a, a critic that way. I had one person that wrote me like the nastiest review I've ever read in my life for anything ever, but then the really? next movie, and then the next movie of mine they reviewed and i was like oh god why why did you review my next movie too but then they totally turned it around and they were like and so it was this really nice experience watching this reviewer kind of like learn to like my stuff or appreciate it in a different way over time but it's but it's also a weird thing and it's like 
and, and it's not that I ever want, you know, f- you know, indie filmmakers or Canadian filmmakers to get graded on a curve, but it's also one of those things where it's just like, we do get, we get, we get lumped in and graded on the same scale as people making movies with like, oh, you I know. know, $60 million budgets and on a hundred de- day schedules where it's just like, we don't have the resources they have in terms of money and or time to do what they do. So it's like what we do is a kind of a, you know, without patting ourselves on the back, it's like my friend, you know, Jonas Turner always says, it's like, it's a miracle. Like at every step that, that any of this stuff is even watchable given the constraints we're, we're under budget and schedule wise, you know? So, uh, and again, like, I don't want to be graded on a curve and told, Hey, good job. Nice effort. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, they ne- nobody will ever appreciate, you know, the scale at which we're doing things compared to like our counterparts, particularly mm-hmm. in America, you know? So it's just one of those, it's a weird thing. It's a weird relationship to have with, with that kind of stuff. And I don't have any solutions. No. And it's interesting too, because, you know, you're up, you know, I go up for films in the U S and it's like, okay, well, this one's a, you know, $20 million picture. Is she ready? And it's like, yeah, I am more than ready because I have been trained to shoot good movies on an 18 day schedule, 15 days for most, most of my films, 13 for one of them. Um, You know, like I've been trained to be able to still pull out and and deliver something good with like nothing. That's it. Yeah. And if anything, we're the people you should be giving these films to. Way more trained. No, it's 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 such a weird thing. We get that too. Like I look at, you know, we have this system in Canada and it's changing ever so slightly. Whereas this weird graduated system that there seemed to be, where it's just like, you know, they, they expect you, you know, telephone expect you to make your credit card feature. Mm. Uh, and then they'd let you into the micro budget program. And if, and if something like that worked out, then maybe you can move up to the $1 million, $2 million range. And then after you do a couple movies in that range, maybe you can go after like the national, national. the national yeah. fund. Right. Uh, but then you go and you look at the States, right. And you get someone like Colin Trevorrow who makes, you know, a $700,000 movie for, and you know, and then his next movie is Jurassic world. Yeah. You know, you can, and nobody goes, is that guy ready? It's like, well, no, because what they'll do is they'll surround him by the people who can fill in the gaps for what he can't do. Like he's yeah. not a guy that he's not going to suddenly know how to shoot all this action stuff and all this stuff with effects. But it's like, that's why they have, you know, the other hundred people on the crew to know. And then he just, you know, tells them what they need for vision and they'll help him fill in those blanks. You know, it's that yeah. idea that it's like, you know, use your crew for what they have. But it's just funny how we have this weird, like this gradual stepping stone where oh, yeah. in other in other countries you can like leap go leaps and bounds ahead. Yeah, uh, you'll be will be will be you know you'll be sixty years old by the time you get your big Canadian <laughs> big budget Canadian film, you know like. <laughs> yeah, and, and at that point it's like, well, are they still relevant? Can they still yeah, tell a story? Right. It's like you, it's a real fly, it's a real small window. Not to go. I can't complain. I can't complain. I've been very fortunate that I I you know seem to be able to yeah, get movies thing with made. Me, but- but, but uh we digress but is out there like that and you know it is challenging for for people to to break through 
No, it's just tough. It's one of those things where it's like you just really got to love it because, yeah. you know, the rewards are few and far between outside of just like knowing you worked your butt off and you're proud of something. Yeah. And then everything else is kind of a cherry on top after that. Yeah. So that's anyway, right. so I think that's a nice way to bring it around to Toby. We're going, Toby, we get it. You 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 tried something, man. You swung for the fences. You struck out hard, but man, did you swing hard? Like you tried. You were you were going for something here, and huge, you know, huge. Yeah, so love to you for that, uh, and, and and mad respects for for you know just the effort you put into this movie, which must have been some kind of weird love letter for you. Yeah, but uh, a spectacular failure, and I'm sorry it seemed to have destroyed your career. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor Toby. Yeah. He a he lot of the production company that financed it. <laughs> yeah. We went down to. It happens. Yeah, you know, it happens all the time. Well, thanks for uh thanks for joining me. It was really fun. We've been tr- I've been we've been trying this for what, two years now? We've been trying to set up a time to do this for for a while. But we'll, so we'll try to make the next one a little bit uh a little bit closer too. Yeah. Well, save maybe save the descent. I need. Let's do it. We can do it. Maybe closer. We maybe add it to my Halloween list this year. Yeah. (gasps) Okay. That will be a scary, scare the shit out of you movie. All right. We'll we'll set it up and we'll see if we can't get some other people to join us too. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay. All right. Great. It's a date. Yay! Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, so nice seeing you. Thanks for joining us for Life Force. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.